From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Heather Whaling is the CEO and founder of Gebbin Communications, a Columbus-based boutique agency that aims to deliver high-quality services to smaller organizations who typically can't afford big agency rates. They also publish Gebbin's Take, an email distillation of recent social media news. Welcome to Craft, Heather Whaling. Thanks for having me. One of the recent Gebbins takes discussed the Facebook controversy. Tell me about the Gebbin take on the aftermath of Facebook's problems and how Facebook users should be looking at their privacy settings. We approached it from two different perspectives. So first as individual users, but then also as as companies where we are managing social media channels for a wide range of companies. We're managing also their paid social, which taps into a lot of that data that Facebook makes available. So we were curious about it from both of those perspectives. So I think for individuals, you need to go through and check what apps you've given permission to. And Facebook has um, kind of highlighted how you can do that in your profile or with a quick Google search, you can figure it out. But it's worth looking at who have you given access to and how are they potentially using that type of information. Um, When I went through and looked at mine, it was interesting to see some of the companies that had access. I didn't even really remember that I had given them access. Um, So it was quick, you know, just with a click, you can revoke that access. So I think that's a really important piece of it. And then I think from a, um, from a business standpoint, you know, it's been interesting that there hasn't been this mass exodus of people fleeing Facebook. There's certainly been a lot of attention and conversation around the platform and how they're using data and what's appropriate or what's not, but there hasn't been a massive drop off in users. So for companies that have already invested a lot in building up a strong audience on Facebook or who have, uh, who are investing a lot from an advertising standpoint, I think it's still a platform that makes sense for you to be in. Um, But I think there's a heightened sense of awareness and, and heightened sensitivity around how you're using that data and, and sort of the creepiness factor of ads. So I think um, you know businesses need to be really, really careful about how they're using it, what type of ads they're putting out there, what type of content and copy they're sharing. Um, but it's certainly a platform that um, for companies that have invested in it, they probably should continue to keep investing in it. But the caveat being watch things really, really carefully and, and make sure Facebook is making the changes that you as a brand think are important. So when you talk about, like you said that you yourself had been surprised by some of the access that you'd given companies, what are some of the ways that we give access and maybe don't think about it? Like, you know, a lot of times if I download an app for my phone, I will click through without thinking a lot about the kinds of access I'm giving. And is that one of the big ways in or are there other ways? There are so many different things that now are connected to Facebook. In a lot of different ways, Facebook is, has almost become this underpinning of mobility, uh, mobile communication. So everything from your cell phone, your navigation apps, the you know coupon apps that you download, or um, all different types of ways that you access information or give access to your information, Facebook can tap into that through a lot of just the terms of service. So in one hand is really amazing because we can we can stay in contact with people like we've never been able to do. It makes it really easy for us to navigate around the internet or to log into and down you know to download and log into apps. But at the same time that requires as a consumer that you have a heightened level of awareness and just take on that due diligence yourself. So um, you can 
when you're giving um, money to charities, you can do that through Facebook. If you're um, searching different things on the internet, Facebook, you know, on your phone, Facebook can access that. So there's a lot of different just pieces of information that people don't necessarily think are connected to Facebook that through the terms of service, you've given access to Facebook. So, um, it's, it's wide ranging, which is why it's really important, you know, as people are thinking about doing some spring cleaning now, do a spring cleaning of your own digital profiles also. Okay. And the best way to do that is just to go into the, probably the computer based version of Facebook and look up privacy settings. Yep. You can go in through Facebook and look at the settings. You should also do it though on Twitter, you know, so do it across all the different profiles. Facebook has gotten a lot of the, um, attention of late, but all of the big ones are tracking your information as well. So do it across the board. Okay. Speaking of uh, the big ones, who are some of the social media accounts in town that you follow and what do you hope to get from them? So I'm really interested right now in how people are using social media um, in a bigger sense. So not just the marketing of their company, like that's good and that's interesting. I'm more interested in how people are using social media from a social good standpoint and especially how business leaders are stepping more into brand activism and activism as a whole. So I think there's some really great examples locally. I think Jenny Britton Bauer does a fantastic example on her own personal social media of sharing information that's going on at Jenny's and the ice cream, but also sharing the values that the company holds and how she personally um, continues to push those forward. I think Doug Ullman and Pelotonia are doing some really interesting things right now. So that's one, you know, I also enjoy following Doug and what they're doing. Um, so I think that's the piece that is most interesting to me is who, who um, is using it to drive forth their values, not just promote their company. Okay. And when you look sort of nationally or internationally, what are some of the social media accounts that you look forward to reading the most and what makes those so interesting for you? I'm a little bit of a news junkie. So, I, you know, I have sort of different streams that I follow of journalists. I really into podcasts lately, so I'm probably getting more news through podcasts than I am um, typical social media accounts that maybe I was following more closely a couple of years ago. So I listen to a lot of different um, podcasts and some of those I discover through social media, but um, I think podcasts are a really great way to go a little bit deeper than maybe what you can go on something like Twitter and still get the information that you want to be accessing. What particular podcast do you have in mind when you say that? Are there specific ones that you recommend a lot to friends and coworkers and people that you know? Absolutely. So I start my morning every day with um, the New York Times, the daily, and then NPR's up first. Vox has one that's sort of um, kind of the end of the day, look back or recap. And then I listen to, um, I'm listening to The Minimalists, which has nothing to do with news, but more just sort of a, a, a way to think about how you live your life. Um, I also enjoy some of the Crooked Media podcasts, so Pod Save. Um, the people, Pod Save America, Love It or Leave It is very entertaining. Um, I like the, there's a couple different NPR ones. The Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is kind of a, a lighter take on the news that I really enjoy. Um, but then I'm listening to some other ones that are just more kind of women focused or women in business focused. So the nice thing about podcasts, I think, is that you can have so many different varied interests and it all comes straight to you and then you can just listen to it whenever you have time. So that's been really helpful. 
that, um, you know, whereas social media and reading the news, I have to have it in front of me and I have to be able, you know, really focused on, on reading it. Whereas with the podcast, I can have it on in the morning as I'm getting ready or when I'm cooking dinner. Um, so it allows me to really consume more content as I'm multitasking. Okay. So final question is how do you keep yourself from being on your phone constantly when you're a social media guru like you are? I mean, I'm thinking specifically not necessarily, well, I'm, I'm thinking of my children who uh, have cell phones and that seems to be the thing that they want to do all the time. How as an adult do you set boundaries for yourself and say, I'm not going to be obsessed with social media on my cell phone? So I took Facebook off of my phone. That helped a lot. <laughs> I found that I was just kind of mindlessly scrolling through and it was unnecessary. So I eliminated Facebook. I go through phases where I'll take Instagram off during the week. So especially if it's a really busy week and I'm trying to eliminate distractions, I'll take it off of my phone. Um, Twitter is one that always stays on my phone. It's probably still my favorite network. But then I also try to be really good about, um, I have an almost five-year-old son at home, and so I'm really protective of the time I have with him. So I just don't have my phone out really much when I'm with him, um, which helps then eliminate that I'm not on it with him. I don't have my phone out when I'm eating meals, that kind of stuff. I also downloaded an app called Moment and it tracks the time that you're spending on your phone and kind of sends you a little notification of, of if you have different um, requirements. You know, if you want to say, I want to spend less than three hours a day on my phone or less than five hours a day on my phone, whatever it is, you can set it and it'll send you a little notification. And I used it um, just as a way to kind of benchmark how much time am I spending on my phone and then also to compare it to is that normal? Is that a lot? Or is that not too much? And I was, I was shocking, like pretty proud of myself that I was below the average. So I thought that was good given, especially what I do for a living. Uh, but I think having an app like that or something along those lines kind of helps you quantify the time and realize how much time you're just mindlessly scrolling. Um, I think that idea of mindfulness is really important. So people talk a lot about being mindful when you're working or when you're engaging in conversation. I think the same thing applies to social media. If you're just you know, aimlessly scrolling, that's not a good use of your time. So don't be mindless when you're perusing social media. For me, it's I'm on it. If there's a certain thing I want to find out or if there's a conversation I want to participate in or something I want to share. But I really do try to limit the just kind of mindless scrolling through. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a reason to be on social media, do the do the laundry. Uh, yeah, that would like, be my something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, Put a podcast Heather, on. Yeah. Heather Whaling, thank you very much for talking to me today. Again, uh, Heather Whaling is the CEO and founder of Gebbin Communications in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I appreciate hearing your take on social media trends. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. <laughs>